0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is
1: the Everyday Driver Car to I cannot believe the experience I had over the weekend at the Long Beach Grand Prix. I I yeah. posted this photo on Instagram, and I still cannot believe it. It was, It was pretty awesome. I want to tell you all about it.
0: Well, but... Not only have I not heard about it, but I saw the photo and, and showed it to my wife and went, you've got to be kidding me. And I showed it to her, and she looked at it and went, wait, did he drive that? I said, no, he wrote it. And she still was jaw-dropped. She was like, what is that thing? So, I, yeah, I have to hear. Please tell me.
1: So as you probably are aware, I had the opportunity to attend the Long Beach Grand Prix, and thanks to our friends at IndyCar they gave me a uh, hard card for the year and so this will allow me into all access for all Ooh. the races for the entire year wow which That's is amazing cool. and we were there for some business and you know doing a lot of different things and this this came mm-hmm. out of the blue this was very unexpected and it's part of the indie racing experience so indieracingexperience.com and okay. what it is, it's cars built by Delara. Delara is the Italian yeah. manufacturer in Italy mm-hmm. that makes all the indie cars as well as all kinds of race cars worldwide. And so they build hmm. these tandem two-seater indie cars for the fan experience to take for drivers to take the fans around the track. Okay. Now it's one lap, but that's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take
0: it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I was uh doing some work, um, in the, in the paddock club and, and one of the IndyCar employees came up to me and said, Hey, we've got this slot. It just opened up. Nobody took it, but somebody needs to take it. Do you want to go? You, oh, you're wow. in the two seater in the next five minutes. And it was completely unexpected. Like I said, I just thought you gotta wow. be kidding me. All right. Uh, yeah. opportunities like this come along very few and far between, Seriously. So just go. So we ran to the transporter where they've got all the helmets, the driving suits, all that stuff, where they suit up the people, they measure mm. you and all this stuff, put a suit on you, get a head sock, gloves, everything. And then there's a little bit of a waiting because you know there's some people ahead of you doing the same thing. They've got four different cars sure. with these four-seaters. So
0: they're side-by-sides? Is that what they are? They're tandem.
1: They're, they're in line. So oh, wow. Okay. Amazing. It's, it's the real deal, only it's a longer wheelbase. So it's an sure. Indy car. It's just a little okay. bit longer. Sure. Same engine, same everything. I mean, wow. It's a full on race car. And, uh, I'm just going, you gotta be kidding me. So there's Seriously, other fans yeah. who have, who have gotten this experience. Some of it is through charity auctions or, you know, they win a contest or something like that. And so they're there mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, I was at the end of the line and, Got all suited up and had, uh, had some friends there taking photos of me and all this stuff and got in. So <laughs> you and I have experienced speed. Sure, yeah. So Long Beach course is considered a slow track on the IndyCar calendar. If you mm-hmm. consider the Indy 500, I think last year it was James Hinchcliffe that qualified for pole setting an average lap speed of 230 miles an hour.
0: Mm. Average. average, average lap speed. Not oh look, I hit two thirty. <laughs> no, no, I'm
1: hanging out there. That's what yeah. that
0: essentially says. Keep
1: going. That's that's what these cars can do. So at Long Beach, I've been told that the drivers will hit about one sixty on the straightaway on Shoreline Boulevard there okay, during yeah. the race, and we were told afterwards that we hit one fifty five. So I thought, okay, the drivers are at at you know what, seven tenths, eight tenths, something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, okay, you know, they're not pushing as you would in a race, but they're still going after it. And Mm -hmm. so the speed, 155, that is fast, but in a race car, well, it's designed for that, so it doesn't feel as fast. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the thing that astounded me was not the mechanical nature or the noise or the speed. It was the aerodynamics. Mm. I am Mm. absolutely astounded to now feel Indy car, race car aerodynamics combined with slick tires because you can now enter a turn at 120. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem.
0: You you and I don't deal with cars where the arrow matters. No. And you get into that world and the arrow is all that matters.
1: Yeah, I I can only imagine it, but I, I,
0: I understand it intellectually and you've experienced it personally. That's very cool.
1: Just astounding. So leading the charge for all four of these cars is Mario Andretti. And at the time of this recording, Mario is 77 years old.
0: That's so awesome. <laughs> he's That this, is so awesome. He's
1: 77. He doesn't look it. He looks like he's in his 50s, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Women mob him. Everybody wants a selfie with him. He is the most popular guy. And here he is driving this, doing the IndyCar experience. He's the lead That's dog.
0: That's so awesome. That's so awesome.
1: I was with a driver named Zach Veach. Zach is okay. 22. Oh, man. He is a – he's currently in the Indy Lights series driving okay. for Andretti Autosport. All right. He's 22. So there's a 55-year difference between Zach and Mario.
0: <laughs> right? That's amazing. <laughs> the, the distance between them could be retired. That's what, exactly. that's what we're really talking about. Yeah.
1: OK. Go on. So Mario is the lead dog. He's in the front car. He gets to go off first, of course. He's got – he's the grandmaster. All right. So yeah, whoever yeah, goes yeah. with Mario, that's the even special thing. But just to go, I mean, come on. Mm, this is amazing. Sure, totally. It's a treat for, for the other drivers, for these younger drivers to get to do this. It's a bit of a perk for them too because they get to mm-hmm. take people around the track. They love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Mario takes off, and we're not catching him. I know it's only one lap, but <laughs> we're maxing out at 155, 160, somewhere in there. Yeah. Zach's not keeping up with Mario. Mario's sure. on oh the horizon. God. He's gone oh gosh. at age 77 driving an Indy car that fast around the course. He knows it really well, of course. Sure. Of course he does. Yeah. But come on. The guy is my new hero. He is. Well, but He's fit. He's trim. Yeah, he's He's yeah. not overweight. He's little tiny. He's nimble, spry, yeah. super sharp, super sharp. And he's driving race cars. Think about this. Airline pilots are required to retire at age 62.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And they're doing a very important job. Yeah, but yeah. the reflexes, I would say, are at least equal. And, you know, race mm-hmm, car driver, mm-hmm. they've got to be up there. Here's Mario, age 77. There's no end in sight for him.
0: Yeah. i well, just but see, you, you and I have talked about it before with Paul Newman. We've talked about it, uh, you know, elsewhere. Driving is one of those rare things That, yes, obviously, as you age, reflexes, strength, these kind of things do diminish. But driving is one of those rare things where you can start late in life or you can continue late in life. And while you're not operating, you're not an F1 driver anymore, obviously, you're still operating at a very high level beyond most people. It is quite amazing how long you can maintain a really high level of driving.
1: Oh, my gosh. Let's put it this way there's no body roll on these cars, all right? There's there's none. <laughs>
0: they, they don't have anywhere to roll, and they don't. Yeah, I can it, see that.
1: It was astounding. The arrow, and I knew I was feeling it, and it was compressing us both. And y- it's a huge undertaking to drive this car. Wow. And I'm thinking, I wow. just did one lap. Sure. And yeah. there's a couple of questions that came in. Scott Durrell and B. Quilliams here. Scott asked, what was the biggest surprise of the weekend? It was this. It was the aerodynamics Mm -hmm. and the slick tires combining for that feeling. It wasn't the speed or the noise or just the mechanical rawness of the car. And no, my neck is not sore after one lap, but I bet you it would be. I mean, they put in the Hans device. I mean, I was fully strapped in. You Mm -hmm. can't take your Mm -hmm. phone. You can't have a GoPro sticking out. Can't do any of that. I mean, and can you
0: imagine somebody <laughs> trying to run their phone while that's happening? Can you no. imagine that being launched off into the crowd and nailing somebody on oh the forehead? Gosh. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. my gosh!
1: And they crank you down. There's guys on both sides of the car, one sure. on each strap, and they just crush you down into the car. Of course. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. It was it was really cool. I mean, I gotta say, I want to experience it again. I'd love for you, both you and I to go drive, you know, the equivalent Indy Lights size of car yeah, open we wheel. We need racer. to do some open
0: wheel. We definitely but, need to do some open wheel oh stuff for sure. Gosh, yeah.
1: and I'm thinking, all right, well it's not an age thing. Zach's 22. Mario's 77 and he's doing it. And he's hot. <laughs>
0: yeah. You haven't paid what? attention. What? He's 77. Yeah, exactly. Guys,
1: yeah. unreal. So that was a huge highlight and again, thanks to cool. IndyCar and thanks to the IndyCar experience. Unbelievable. I am all about it if you have a chance. I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's fantastic.
0: Nice Ferris Bueller reference. Well, I actually went skiing this weekend. We had one of those freakish. Uh, well, I mean, it's springtime in Utah, but you were you were gone, obviously enjoying that, and I was seeing. It was funny because you and I were actually sending out on Instagram completely divergent photos. Yeah. Here's you in California in a race suit getting in an Indy car. Here's me on a ski run because I was actually going to change out tires. It's, we've gotten about that time change out tires on on yep. my car, the FRS, and my wife's Cayenne this weekend, and then I looked at the weather. And Friday night it went from 50 to 20 because it's spring in the mountains. And uh, it started snowing on Saturday. We had snow overnight. And so I just looked at the family and just went, you know what? Sunday morning we're going to get our last day of skiing, and it closes in like a week. So last day of skiing, and we're going to go. We went. We had a blast. Uh, My son is getting more and more fearless on the mountain, and I mean that in a good way. He's always been a pretty cautious kid. Mm -hmm. I remember when he was about three Watching him on the playground, I, I distinctly remember this. Watching him when he was three years old on the playground, and he would climb up and get at the very top of the slide, and you just watch the wheels turn. He would just stare down the slide, <laughs> and you could watch the wheels turn. And one day he was on the playground with three or four other kids his age. And I was I was envisioning. You know, you project as a parent a lot of times. I was envisioning what's going to happen to this kid because my son would sit there for a good 30 seconds in his process, and there was another kid on the playground with him that was doing laps as fast as he could. He would come up the stairs behind my son, and I'm not kidding you, Throw himself over my son's shoulder to hit the slide again and go, <laughs> and then he would come back. There was there was no there was zero thought in that child's head, none. And oh, my son would awesome. process for a minute and then slide himself down. So he's always been cautious, but now he's getting that kind of intellectual caution that has some fearlessness with it, which is really fun to see. So he was rocketing along. We were having a blast. Uh, we went. I didn't tell you this. We went at one point. There's this one glade of aspen. I can't compete with IndyCar, but I'm trying. There's one glade <laughs> no, of Aspen I'm, trees. I want to go
1: skiing that, too. That's awesome. That had
0: a little, bit of, a little bit of powder in it. And we headed down into it. And sometimes, if you're, if you're a skier, you know, spring skiing, sometimes when you get a little bit of powder on top of the spring stuff, it can be nasty. This was actually great. Had about six or eight inches of fresh powder in it. And I went down through the trees. And he's done it a million times with me. But most of the time, he follows in my tracks. He veered off my tracks yesterday. And started screaming at the top of his lugs, I'm getting freshies. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me. I had to start laughing because oh he's just charging off through the forest, which was very fun. So it's not a two-seat Indy car, but it was that. Um, but uh, yeah, w- you and I are trying to be better on Instagram. I'm putting it out there. We're trying to be better. Yes, we are. Uh, thank all of you that have watched the uh, the TV show on Velocity because many of you are, right after you watch the episode, you're reaching out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, one of the above, and just giving us your thoughts on the episode. And I really appreciate it. We've got some cool TV-related questions coming up tonight. We'll cover some of those later plus questions in general there's tons of them we want to get to those we're going to cover two car debates prior but uh, man great questions and thank you guys for just all of your interaction and sharing and and discussion about the TV show Uh, it's just encouraging I say look this sounds weird it's encouraging to me because I realize up into the last week or so I've been so head down there's a part of me that's kind of looked around and gone, oh yeah we are on TV people are seeing this stuff now that's kind of cool so thank you guys for interacting on it it's been very cool
1: it was fun to meet uh, some of the designers. Uh, I, I ran into them at the races. And uh, it was cool because the design team from Honda came in and they were saying, Paul, man, congratulations. You're on TV. Dah, 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 how That's is cool. it? That's cool. All this stuff. And it was just cool because all the designers at all the studios are car freaks like you and I mm-hmm. and all of us are. Mm-hmm. They consume yeah. just as much Top Gear and Grand Tour content and videos online and all that stuff. And they're watching yeah. what you and I do. That's and cool. uh, that's it's amazing. just, it's so amazing thinking about the guys that have designed the cars and then here you and I are driving them and I'm commenting on <laughs> styling and I'm thinking, yeah. I know the person that did this. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. That's I better crazy, watch yeah. my
1: mouth here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so it was cool to, that, uh, to run into them as well. But I say let's just get right to the car debates because we've got so yeah, many questions definitely. here. Let's just jump right in with Annie who wrote to us. And we are so pleased that you did. We have yeah, debated cool. for many of your girlfriends, fiancés, wives, and mothers. I think even grandmothers. But Annie we is have. a fan. Yes. She's uh, of course female, and we are so excited to debate her car for under fifteen. She's her headline here is freshly minted everyday driver fan needs help choosing a fun sporty car, and it sounds like this is an opportunity for Annie. To get introduced to a manual transmission. Did you read that mm-hmm. in here, in her story? Which, yeah,
0: it's very cool. She's, she kind of goes through everything she's thinking, and then she says, and by the way, I'm kind of thinking I'd like to learn to drive a manual, so let's let's see if we can do that if we can. Which, Annie, I love that not only are you seeking out your first sporty fun car that you can really be connected to, because, of course, that's what we do, but also you're just going, while I'm at it, let's go manual. Why not? So I'm so excited about this. I also want to give you kudos for your current car. We don't talk about it often, but you drive a Honda Element. Yeah. And that's a quirky little car. But the crazy thing about the Element is I've known nobody that hated it.
1: Yeah. Everyone I knew that
0: owned it loved it. Everyone I know that's ever owned an Element has talked about how great a car it is. So it's cool that you have that. That's kind of a fun little quirky car. That influenced my discussion for you a bit because I was trying to think of something a little unique for you in the process. And I come up with a couple things. But Hmm. uh, this is great. You're living in Colorado, so you want fun, sporty. You've got some great roads there, depending on where you are. If you're not in the plains of Colorado, you're talking about getting snow. So you're somewhere in the mountains. So you want to have fun and sporty, which will be great for those roads. And hopefully, it'll do okay in the snow. You know what I'm going to say, Annie? I'm going to say it anyway. Tires. Uh, (laughs) Tires. Yeah, that's really the key thing. That is going to be more important than anything else.
1: I didn't see that one coming.
0: Those of you that, yeah, those of you that are either drinking along or have actually heard more than one episode are shocked I've said tires. Uh, Yeah, but there you go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, Annie, since you are a a newly minted fan here, I'm going to do my very best to respect your budget. The rest of you, I'm going to grind your budget into the earth. So if you write to us, just know that. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right.
0: Paul's being nice tonight. Look at that.
1: Wow. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's called the Paul limiter, Annie, and uh, everybody knows that if you give yep. me a budget, I'll try to push on it by two or three or <clears throat> ten thousand dollars, or, or if twenty thousand. Yeah. Uh-huh but uh but Annie's budget is 15,000 and she has been eyeballing a 2010 or 2011 BMW 328 xdrive so all wheel drive there. Mm-hmm. She mentioned the 2013 Subaru XV Crosstrek. Yep. And also the Civic SI, so the pretty late generation 2014 2015 Honda Civic SI coupe.
0: she mm-hmm. She's been which eyeballing like all these. Mm-hmm.
1: I do I do as well and she says to us that she's a BMW fan, which is cool. But she's leaning towards the Civic Si, and that's despite already being a Honda owner because of the manual possibilities. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think, all right. And I've got three for you, Annie. I'm just going to dive right in. Good. Please do. I like what Todd has done and demonstrated and proven and over and over and done seasons now with his GT86 with the right tires, but rear-wheel drive. Because I love the Civic Si, and I'm validating your choice but I thought if we could go manual and rear wheel drive. Ooh, look at you! What do you think? I'm just trying okay. to think that yeah. way, and so I suggest GT86. You can definitely get one for that that budget, either mm-hmm. the Toyota or the Subaru. And then I thought, well, if we're going rear wheel drive, manual transmission, we can't ignore mm-hmm. the Genesis Coupe. That's also a consideration. Okay. All right, all right. But my third choice here is something that I went shopping for you, and I found a really cool one. Okay. Oh, I actually have to admit, I did push on the budget just slightly. There it is.
0: There just it is. T- t- Paul is on the podcast this evening. Any of you that were concerned he really t- 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 wasn't here or something happened in Long Beach, he's really here. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Keep well, going. Well, here's
1: why. I feel like if something costs 16000 you can try to talk him down to like fifteen two or fifteen five. I
0: do take your point. I do take your point there. therefore, still
1: fits in the budget. Anyway, speaking of sixteen grand, here's a 2011 BMW 128i Coupe. Mm, okay. $16,000. Okay. Annie, it's got 15,000 miles on it. This car's practically mm. brand new, and it has yeah, the bones and the chassis of the dynamics that Todd and I love and talk about so much.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: Okay, And I feel like, okay, it's not the most powerful thing on the planet, but that's not what we're looking for you for anyway. Mm-hmm. And what about a 15,000-mile brand new, practically brand new, it's also silver, <laughs> Anyway. Oh of course. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Rear wheel drive, six cylinder, of course, and uh, and it's manual. And I thought mm. it's mm. I, I like it. I just think it fits BMW. It's it's like BMW does the GT86 thing with the 128i package. And look at the price. I I feel like you could talk them down to 15.5. So something okay. to consider, even though I do like your X Drive, your 328 right. over high, over here. But it's a little bit smaller chassis, and the dynamics are a lot of fun. And every time we've recommended the 135 or the 128, people have written to us and say, I love it. It's dynamically mm-hmm. great. I don't need mm-hmm. all that power. And you could definitely do this in Colorado. Uh, yeah, as I said, Todd's proven it. So I'm giving you yeah, those choices, but still validating that SI Coupe. I still really dig that for you, too. So Interesting. good on you.
0: Well, I. That's excellent. And and I I like this discussion, Annie, quite a bit. Uh, Thank you for writing in on all of these. Um, The the thing you don't tell us is, how are you dealing with snow? I mean, obviously, there's snow on the ground, you're driving through it. Tires are great. I, I will admit, look, I don't have any situations that are really terrible for me in my FRS with uh, winter tires on it. I don't have big icy hills I have to navigate every day. I don't have a driveway that does anything weird. It's longer than I'd like it to be when it's really, really snowing (laughs) outside. But I don't have a a driveway that has weird undulations or, oh my gosh, there's a ditch or anything like this. So I can understand if you have a serious situation that when it snows, it gets just generally dangerous, maybe all-wheel drive is a requirement. But I suspect it isn't a requirement, and tires are going to free you up to get the thing you really like. I do want to speak to the ones you brought up. Look, 320, 328i X-Drive, nothing wrong with that car. It's not my favorite on the BMW discussion. As I've said before, once you go X-Drive, I feel like the, the BMW-ness, that's not a term, but follow me, it gets, gets muted a it's bit. Uh, the Subaru X, uh, XV Crosstrek is fine. Uh, honestly, it, it's a it's a workhorse. I've driven in a couple of uh, both manual and automatic. It's, it's a fine car. It's perfectly good for any weather you would ever encounter. It's got good utility. It feels, in many ways, like the car replacement for your element for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. it's fun enough. That's my problem with it. I don't think if you're chasing fun, that car is fun enough. I like the Civic Si Coupe idea quite a bit. So I think that is a really good one. I'm glad you're thinking about it. Yes, the Honda manuals are going to treat you really well. I have two others I want to mention, and one that was almost a sniper shot. It's a little hard to find, which is the reason I'm not making it a sniper shot. But I want to mention two others for you to try to drive, because the things that influenced me here are, the element is a little quirky. It's a little fun in just its styling and utility. She wants a manual transmission that can be easy to learn and interact with, which says to me... You don't want the world's greatest manual. You want the world's easiest to use manual, which are not necessarily the same thing. Now, sure. Honda would be a great one. Sure. But that made me think about that. So Civic Si, I agree with that. Honda CRZ. what about that, Annie? It's got the quirky thing going on.
1: Dig it. I'm They've sold. They've got great, no, I'm great sold.
0: Honda manuals. Those are really good. So I think that's a real consideration. as Well, see if you can find one and drive it. Because, well, look, that's a low-slung car. Maybe it isn't going to work for weather. Maybe the the Si is a better choice but the CRZ i think is intriguing for you i also want to say look at golfs not gtis just golfs because they are incredibly easy manuals they're not the most precise manuals but they're so easy to drive in manual yeah. transmission yeah oh yeah so i think look yep. for that you know if you could get yourself lucky and you could find yourself an older gti or i don't think you can find them yet for 15 but like the the first gen golf r is probably closer to 20 so i think it's out But uh, maybe a GTI. If you could get a GTI, cool. Now, obviously, they're not going to have the Honda just runs in spite of you situation. But good manuals that are easy to work with. And then my almost sniper shot. And I don't make it a sniper (laughs) shot because they're not common. If they were more common, it would have been the only thing I came into the discussion with, Annie. It's quirky. It's easy to drive. It's fun to drive. It's got a very simple manual transmission to work with, the Volvo C30. Oh. I think that's your car. I kind of think that's your car. The reason they're hard to find, they're not that common, is you can get tons of them in automatics. They're not common in manual. They're out there. I found three or four. I looked nationwide, I looked around sixteen grand or less. I found three or four. They are out there. You're gonna have to search a little bit. But I love the looks of that car. It's got a decent interior. It's it's a fun little quirky car to drive. And I remember had a friend in LA that had one in automatic and it was just a fun car to drive. I remember driving one on the track That's at right. a press event that was a manual. And the first thing I was struck by is this may be the easiest manual to use on the planet. It wasn't the Mm. best manual, but Mm. it was just the clutch was light. The movement was simple. I was like, I could teach anybody in this car. Were you finding
1: second gens of those cars? Because they had sort of the first and second gen, bit of a light refresh
0: they had Come but yeah like. it was mainly like a front end refresh the the ones that are in the that are cheaper are obviously the first gen stuff the 2011s or so 2012s you get into the newer ones we start pushing past 15 and toward 20 grand
1: okay but okay. there
0: are i found but i found options the hard the hard option with the C30 is not the price it's the manual
1: right Right, just finding one just, to begin with. they're
0: out there all over the place in automatics at all kinds of prices. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I really think I, I like that a lot. And come on, this is a car from Sweden. Snow will be fine. <laughs> you know? So I, I think if, if, if I had found two or three times more of them, if there had been a lot of them out there in manual, that would have been the only thing I'd bring to this discussion, Annie. But I think it's worth looking at for sure.
1: I like that you're targeting the quirkiness aspect of it. I like that you're looking at that, and that's... <laughs> really a consideration. That's, well, I mean, she wants
0: she wants fun, genuinely yeah. a fun car. And, yeah. and I think the Honda Element, it, it's it's one of those really successful, quirky designs. You know, it just works. Yeah. But it's atypical. It does. Which is it what's does. really cool. So that's what made me think, you know, CRZ and and eventually land at that Volvo. So there's, there's the roundabout way to get you there, Annie. But hopefully that's helpful. Thank you for listening. And uh, let us know where you wind up on this. And if nothing else, we hope you learn to drive manual and enjoy it, even if you don't buy a manual.
1: Yeah, mega thanks for writing in and being a fan. We're really, really stoked to have you with us. You keep joking about my CPO, this certified Paul Owen thing. It's a thing. It, it is a thing. <laughs> you keep teasing me the about cars this. That, <laughs> the cars that you sell are that
0: nice. That's the best car on the planet to buy.
1: Well, I'll tell you why. And it it was the Audi wagon that was with us when we first started the show. Mm-hmm. And I I loved this car but it sat outside constantly. This car sat outside yeah. for more than six years. But I, I had a Covercraft car cover on this car, and it still looked new. I mean, you have told the story many times about how people mm-hmm. would think it's new. And I've, I've had people say, Paul, your car is too shiny. And I'm thinking, <laughs> use a Covercraft car cover. It'll stay nice. It'll stay out of the rain. It, it's as if it's garaged but it still stays outside. So whether you're in extreme cold, like we are in Utah winters, or you're in the California summers or Arizona, you've got to have something to keep your car protected.
0: Well, I was always amazed. You had that car parked in a space that was just destined for problems. And yet you had you had a cone on each corner because you had neighbors <laughs> yeah. that couldn't somehow see the car under the car cover, but they could see the cones, which was good. And then you had that car cover that car cover on it from Covercraft, and it was amazing. Every time you'd peel it off, it was like shield your eyes. Of course, it was silver too, which of course I didn't like. <laughs> well, but course. it was it was shield your eyes because you you'd peel the cover back, and it would be this pristine thing that you'd washed and then covered, and it was still great looking, no matter what was going on outside. Everybody else has got leaves on their car, not Paul. It's certified Paul owned and nicely covered.
1: Hey, the way I could do it was. Covercraft, because they've got the covers, they've got everything is fitted to your car. So not only the make and model of your car, but different fabrics too. So again, depending on the temperatures, whether it's stored outside like mine was, or even if it's inside for convertibles, pickup trucks, they've got all these different kinds of of coverage from form fitting, as I said, they've got road rash protection. Sunshades are huge as well. I'm a big believer in sunshades. And they've got those which are Perfectly fit. And dash mats too. Go to covercraft.com and use the code DEBATE at checkout for free shipping in the continental US. And we'll move on to another fellow in Montreal, Canada who has among the coolest names that I've ever heard Jean Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a cool name. I mean, JX, yeah. he goes by JX. Yeah. I mean, how cool yeah, is that? Yeah, he goes by JX. He does. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, you know, thank your mother every time, you know. <laughs> JX, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. All right, so he is a hydropower engineer from Montreal and also, get this, he works on a rally racing crew. Yep. Wow. Okay, so he's owned an STI. He now has a 2016 Golf R manual. Mm-hmm. But we're not shopping for JX. We're shopping for his friend Guillaume, or G. We'll just call him G. Yep. And uh, he said he was G was on the rally crew with him before he left for work with a certain new car company located in Fremont, California. I have no idea who that would be.
0: Yeah, that's weird. I, I'm going to need a minute. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So he's looking for Mm -hmm. a sports coupe, and he's got a very, very uh, well-planned email here broken down to G's car history, his plan, his target, and then JX's alternatives, his alternative suggestions, and kind of where he's at. And again, this is a little bit of a a validation exercise because clearly you've thought this through. I want to add a choice here, but the the headline is he's moved there. He wants a fun sports coupe to enjoy California, take the occasional high performance driving event, and he's mm-hmm. got a Toyota 4Runner. So this is the daily. It's the it's the rig, the bomb around. You know, let's just take it off road, whatever.
0: And the 4 staying. That's not a yes, question. That car yes. stays in the family. Yeah. Exactly.
1: All right. So the target price here is pretty much double what Annie's was. It's about thirty thousand dollars. Thirty is the mm-hmm. max. Throttled to 33 for the Paul limiter. <laughs>
0: there is a Paul limiter, Yep, <laughs> The registered trademark is flying in at 33 grand. There it is,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> it's so funny. People are putting a little TM or R at the end of that, which I need to do. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how we could monetize that, but we're supposedly supposed to trademark that element. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> All right, so the target here, as I said, is 30 grand, 50K miles, and, JX, you think he should get the first-gen Cayman S?
0: hmm
1: I do, too. <laughs> However, <laughs> thank you for writing in. Good Thanks to have you again. with us. And moving on. All right. So uh, I like that you're thinking that. I like that you're giving us some alternatives about a 911, E92 M3. I, I, You're suggesting here that to get a 911, he would have to go back all the way to a 996, which I'm about to dispute and prove you wrong here. Oh, okay. But I like your alternative suggestions about a Boxster S, a Lotus Elise, de- definitely uh hitting on Todd's fave there and yeah. a Honda S2000, which is definitely one of the uh the the top, you know, all-time top favorite cars that we've driven.
0: Yeah. And for it's, various reasons. It's usual suspects though. I mean, they and yeah. it's good usual suspects. I oh, mean, Jax yeah. is really thinking this through and ho- hopefully he and G have already broken all this down. But, I mean, there. this is lots of good discussion back and forth, but he is really leaning and he's pushing G toward that Cayman S. And this is one of the discussions of, okay, guys, what am I missing and what else could we get? I think the interesting part of this is the fact that this is the focused fun car. This is yeah, the right. California roads right. or track days car, which does, I feel like, open things up a bit because it doesn't have to do a lot of other duties. It can, but it doesn't have to which is interesting here. Um, I, of course, look, I'm going to back your play. The Cayman S absolutely works. You've asked about the IMS issue. We've talked about it a few times. It's fixable, and it's not nearly the problem that the internet makes it out to be, which is actually can be said about a lot of things. Uh, so there's that. Um, I want to know what else you uh, Nothing you've on the up. internet is
1: fake, yeah. right? <laughs> it's all true? <laughs>
0: It's 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 all true, and it's and all of it is as bad as you've heard. Right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. If that were the case, we would all just huddle in a corner somewhere. It would be terrible. Shivering. Uh Yeah. But um, so the Cayman's a good one. But I want to know what else you're thinking, Paul, because I've thought of one other one as well.
1: Well, JX considered this 911 here, and he's talking about 996 territory. But I went shopping, and I okay. found an O seven, two 2007 911 Carrera mm. S Coupe. Really? Manual transmission. For thirty grand, everyone. Seriously? Now, it's got sixty one thousand miles. Si- but wait, six sixty-one thousand, sixty-one thousand. thousand? Sixty-one thousand, correct. Can you uh, this? buy that car? I agree, and it looks delightful, really super clean. I will say put amsoil into that engine for maximum protection. Uh, nicely done. Don't even think another thing about it. Yeah. yeah. I uh I'm looking at this car thinking. The other cars that are for sale around it have ninety, hundred, hundred and twelve thousand.
0: I'm surprised at that low mileage. I really am. I'm genuinely yeah. surprised.
1: Yeah, for thirty grand, they're asking twenty-nine nine. I bet mm. you they'd take twenty-nine flat. I'm saving you money over here. I'm doing the opposite.
0: Look at you, man. What's so gotten you... into you tonight? I'm quite <laughs> impressed. Keep going, oh. yeah.
1: All right, so yeah, this 911 that could be a consideration and therefore you wouldn't need to go back to a 996 even though there are loads of those cars that sure, could be great. Sure. But we all know that G is not buying this car just because it's a Porsche. Mm-hmm. He's definitely an enthusiast, which I love. So I'm I'm thinking about that. I I am back in your play on the Cayman S. All day long. By the way, my first Cayman S is still for sale at this point. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I love that we bump into that in the process, but it's out there and it's gorgeous. I will admit. Yeah, keep going.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I uh, I like your point about the Lotus Elise. It's a fun car, but still not ideal to take your wife to dinner. And the Cayman just does it all so well. I I I really like that. Boxster is good. Honda S2000. Yes, they're tough to find clean you can do it though and you can find them for 20 25 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are gorgeous with 30 40,000 on them and that would be a great car. So I'm I'm back your Cayman. I'm just thinking you want to really roll heavy 911 and it's an 07. It's yeah, still first cool you know, 997.1 but it's not the yeah, 05. It's one. Yeah. You know, I had a couple years to sort whatever out. The IMS bearing yeah. When you change the clutch, you can get in there, you can do the, the IMS fix while you're in there and like I said, just take care of it, change the oil often and uh you're good to go. Mm. So Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I'm
0: impressed you found a nine eleven. There there's two I want to bring up here mainly because I'm surprised they aren't on the list. And I, I kinda went another route, and okay. that is we've got thirty three to spend, which yes, I agree, you could get a couple of really nice Porsches out of that. I love that you found that that nine eleven, that's great. These are all really good suspects. Of course, yes, it could do Lotus Elise. All all these are good thoughts. But there's two that I feel like are conspicuously absent here. Okay. And I say that because we're talking about a fun car. We're not talking about a commute car. We're talking about a car that is going to get tracked. And as we all know, when you start tracking something, you've got consumables. You've got breakables. You've got these kind of things happen. And so two I think have to at least be considered are the Z car, the 370, and also the eighty six, be it a BRZ or an FRS. Because if this is a back roads car, that's where that's true. both that's, th- th- true. that's where both those cars shine. Both the Z car, which honestly, the Z car in a commute situation I feel like has all the same problems the FRS, BRZ does without the benefit of the back seats. <laughs> it's loud. Yeah. It you know, it has yeah. a it has a you know, the visibility's not amazing. Uh, you know you've got to you've got to work the the stick shift all the time, which if you're sitting in stop and go traffic can get annoying. Yes, the engine is loud. I mean these are all issues with the FRS. It's just I have back seats, which makes mm-hmm. that somewhat more usable theoretically. Mm-hmm. But you get that yeah. Z car or the FRS BRZ on a back road, that's when the car is awesome, and you can track them. And there's tons of parts you can get and upgrades and that kind of thing. In the case of the FRS BRZ, the reason I went there is not because I own it, but because you could spend half your budget. And then decide what kind of track stuff do I want to do. And if something breaks, you can just have money to fix
1: it. Yeah, yeah, there is that. So that is a route to go. Uh, that is a route to consider. I
0: think those are the two that I'm surprised are not on the list. Maybe they don't win. Maybe the the car. Maybe I'm misunderstanding here. Maybe the car is going to get used enough that the the Porsche just wins. Maybe it does. But Z-Car and FRS or BRZ, if you're really talking about tracking this, I think those are real contenders because that's where they shine.
1: Hmm. All right. I like that. I like that. And and also because he said G doesn't really consider the American cars because we could talk about C5, Z06 Corvettes. Or we could we talk could. about oh, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. all kinds of stuff. But he ruled that out. That's why we're not even suggesting there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, suggesting those uh, because he said he's not really that much into American cars, which is fine if you're not. That's cool. There's uh, quite a lot of choice out there if you are to consider, but uh, that's kind of why we we're corralled into uh, into these. But
0: mm-hmm. yeah, your
1: your car history, I can definitely tell you guys come from rally background. You go in Subies like crazy, Forerunners. <laughs> it's yeah. all like just yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine launching vehicles. Those are the vehicles that get launched. <laughs> so. Alright guys, well let's just jump right into questions. There's so many. We're uh, great ones, yeah. Man, I just wanna jump right in to Dammy's question, who asks okay. us, other than Germany, what other country has a car culture that intrigues you the most? Hmm. Okay. Great, great, great. Dammy, it's gotta be Japan for me. I, I had know, a feeling. Yeah. I know a lot about Japanese cars and I feel like I know nothing at all. And after having a trip there, hmm. Hmm. and you know, there's so many aspects to it. There's those guys that trick out the supercars. I mean, they're really expensive, the Lambos and the Ferraris yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the lights and the stuff. And it's the car culture. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. On the other hand, it works there, it just does. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by this. And then there's this other aspect of car culture that is. The Toyota uh, Alfard and Velfire minivans, these really high-end luxury minivans that mm, are like, okay. a, they're like a jet on the inside. They're like a yeah, mercedes s class.
0: They're like corporate jets, yeah, they, with wheels. I yeah, take your point.
1: Yeah. So these are targeted towards young, affluent fathers. I think, OK, there must be a lot of them because these Velfires are everywhere. They're the Uber, you know, the choice Uber car for the high-end. You know, we've got the black car in North America or mm-hmm. in the U.S., they're the you – know, that's what you get when you order the black car there. Vellfire pulls up the entire front end. Just – it looks like it's wearing braces because it's all chromed out. Yeah. And it's just – it's so crazy looking and all this stuff. And I'm just – I'm really intrigued by all the different aspects. I'm actually really intrigued by drifting. I had an opportunity to be right next to the track during the drifting competition Ooh. in Long Ooh. Beach. These guys were flying. And uh, I'm just – all these aspects—it's so rich and deep—and there's racing history and beautiful shapes. The Toyota 2000 GT. There's you know gorgeous designs, and there's just so much to it. And I feel like I know nothing yet. I know a lot, but I, I'm still just mm-hmm. really intrigued by this. And you've got me—my mind is spinning. You've got me going here, Dammy. But great question. I really like it. Hmm.
0: That's a good one. That's a really good one. I—I'm uh, I, kind of leaning toward Italy. Are you? Because, yeah, because they have they have so much history going back so far into yeah. racing, into the beginning <laughs> oh. of, oh, look, this worked, and oh, my gosh, how fast does it go? I mean, they have that kind of history. But all the way up to you have Ferrari on one end. Which of course is you know the icon and known and etc. But then you also have down the block you've got Pagani, which yeah. is the world's most high end <laughs> garage build. I mean, honestly,
1: <laughs> that's a great it's, it's, way of putting it. It
0: is. It's like you that's know I got great. a bunch of people together and bought a warehouse and said, let's build a car. And then you walk in and you go, well, you you're kidding? You're building that? So I just and, and you you know you think about the roads and the culture and all that kind of thing. I just th- I feel like in a weird way. I feel like California and Italy have some some similarity in their in their the feel of their car culture the roads kind of look interchangeable there's there's kind of a similar weather you know what I mean so I just mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by it in that regard and also because I'm a newbie to it I haven't been to any of those places mm-hmm. so that's why it intrigues mm-hmm. me so much
1: mm, no I see that I mean there's great wine in italy great wine in california although mm-hmm. you know wine and cars don't really mix but uh yeah, well they,
0: they, they, they're the great culture. you just have to put them at different parts of your day that's the thing right they're, they're fine <laughs> it's just they can't occupy the same portion of your day what a okay? great way of putting it that's true. drive now wine later
1: perfect excellent that's working fine Track wine day? then drive not as good not but as yeah. good uh-huh. exactly
0: yeah. yeah yeah very very good um Ignacio wrote in—I I have to say this. I feel like maybe it's low-hanging fruit, but I have, to, I have to talk about it. Ignacio said, what do we think is the single most useless stats in car reviews? What is the stat we think is useless? And I'm going to go there. <laughs> zero to 60 is irrelevant. Yeah, I knew it. Zero knew to it. 60 is irrelevant. The, the thing is, when you read zero to 60 times, you know the manufacturer always lists it. But then you read the magazines, and the magazine almost always beats the manufacturer. Why? What you may not know is that they are launching it 10, 15, 20 times, trying to just carve off tenths of a second. They're doing with that car what no one that buys it will ever do. (laughs) But yet it's industry standard. We all go, well, what's the zero to 60? You can meet the world's most non-connected car person, and they'll go, what's the zero to 60 on that? It's just this thing that culture's aware of, and I wish... If we want to do a, 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 a stat, I mean, it's just a top top Trump's thing. It's just a, well, you know, my 0 to 60 is lower than, you. Oh, you're never going to use that. I wish that we had a standard that was 50 to 70. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they talk about it in reviews. But if you buy a car and you ever put it on a freeway, you will need the stat of the 50 to 70. That is useful in your life because you're currently behind a truck. You need to get around the truck to pass that person. Guess what you're doing? You're doing 50 to 70. Yeah. As fast as you can. That is relevant to everybody that buys a car. Zero to 60 is relevant to almost no one that buys a car. That's my answer.
1: I'm with you on that one because now electric car manufacturers are selling their wares based on how fast it is off the line. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And electric motors are awesome. We know that. They're a mm-hmm. giggly bunch of fun, and they make for great videos, especially with kids when their iPhones go flying through the back window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dent the back glass. Yes.
1: Exactly. It's funny. I love it. But we're selling cars based on ludicrous mode. And mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. does that tell you? When you see a zero to 60 stat, what does that tell you about a car? Because you're instantly making a, a call on that car. You're making a judgment call. And you think, yeah. oh, well, yeah. that's an awesome car. Well, it might not be. It might be really fast off the line. And you know what? The driving feel, the experience, everything else that really matters isn't mm-hmm. there it it's there's other cars that might be slower, you know we hear the horsepower ratings and we think four hundred horsepower is low these days. no, it's not no <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it that's be, still a lot of grunt, yeah, you know, it really is understanding the weight and the weight balance where the weight is in the car mm-hmm. and the fifty to seventy times those should be the ones that matter that tell us actually. A fair amount of insight into this car. Okay, so yeah, yeah. power when I need it, and therefore back to my safety thing—the car that can avoid the accident in the first place—and the weight mm-hmm. balance. And huh, so it's got a really light front end, or huh, most of the weights over the front wheels. Hmm, that tells me a lot about what the, you know, handling characteristics might be. You know, that sure, kind of thing. That. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, that, yeah. That's far more informative to me. So I'm I'm with you on that. But we're selling cars because of ludicrous. We are. Absolutely. That's it. And horsepower. It's more horsepower and more is better. Well, then, you know, everybody should be driving Chiron. So, Yeah,
0: clearly, because we all can afford one. And what we really need is 1600 horsepower. Oh, stop. Yeah, I hear you. (laughs) but, But as we talked about before, once you get beyond about 400, it starts to be that. Where can I use this? You know, yeah. it, that's that's a whole other problem. And look, uh, and I say that as a guy that thoroughly enjoys cars with far more horsepower than that. I will fully <laughs> admit they are fun, but we spend yeah. so much time. But here's the thing, though. Let's go back to our recent M3 uh, Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio shoot. And yes, I did say that in one breath. The, the wow. We, when we had those two cars, the first thing we did was took them out of town to a road where no one was, so we could use the power. Right. Right. The whole time of getting to those roads, it was like, uh, I'm just above idle. Oh, look, I'm just above idle again. Oh, look, I used 25% and I passed that
1: guy. And oh, look, they could arrest me for that speed.
0: That was the whole drive.
1: <laughs> and we also say this knowing the 2018 Jeep Trackhawk exists. Yes.
0: It exists. Yes. Because what you need – <laughs> here's the thing, Paul. When I drive your car, i have always thinking, you know what this needs – This needs seven hundred (laughs) horsepower. If only I could have a Hellcat engine in your Jeep, the world would be complete. Look, they're going to sell them as fast as they can make them. You know they're going to sell them as fast as they can make them. But I just and the fact that they're calling it the Trackhawk because I are are we really yeah are we shopping are we shopping on the su this is my concern have we really (laughs) reached a place in culture. Where we're shopping for our track car on the SUV aisle. Has that
1: happened? Yes, it has. Why? And why I'm why? blaming the Cayenne for that. And the BMW X6 and X5Ms, they which shouldn't are, be able to go do that. Which we've,
0: yes, we've driven them on the track, and they are amazing on the track. I described the X5M once as driving, going supersonic in a high chair. That is what it's like. <laughs> it is. It's just. It is. But, but I just, if if you're really wanting to track your car. Don't buy an SUV. It's 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 a two-ton high chair. What are you doing, everyone? I cannot wait for model X horsepower.
1: Model X versus Trackhawk videos. They're coming soon uh, they're, to a YouTube yes. near you. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Hi-yi-yi. For sure. All right. Keeping going with the questions here. Ian Scott asked if we started a car brand. Hmm. What would you name it and why? Okay. All right. Here's my initial thoughts. I haven't quite figured it out. Um, you probably know that most every car company on the planet was the name of the founder. Yeah, from
0: in many cases. Yeah, in almost all cases. Dodge,
1: mm-hmm. Chrysler, everything. Volkswagen is a rare exception, Saab is an exception. There's a few that are, but Sochiro, Honda. I mean, everybody, I mean, what mm-hmm. are we going to call mm-hmm. this car? Well, I guess we'll call it the DeLorean. So, well, good, yeah. you know. All yeah. right. So, I'm thinking it's got to be German. It'll be a German car company for me. Okay. And it'll have words in it like schnell and <laughs> power <laughs> yeah. and okay. fast and I was <laughs> screwing around with Google Translate and came up with oh, Kraft no. Kraft schnell, but that didn't okay. make sense. So, it's yeah, got to be some <laughs> It's got to be some really long German word like the PDK word is, but now yes. shortened to the acronym. So it'll be some yes. really long word with my name coupled with power and fast and awesome <laughs> and shortened <laughs> to the acronym, and that's the name of my car company. And it's German. And I, awesome.
0: I, I, am, I am officially not touching this one. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm leaving that to you, man. Well, well done. <laughs> and I'm horrified all at once. Um, wow. Wow. Uh okay <laughs> there was another Ian that wrote in on Facebook and and Ian I read your question and I thought I have to speak on that. You asked the question, you said a lot of articles he's reading say that the skinny low grip tires on the FRS, the ones that come on at stock are what make the car fun. Oh and here we yeah. are talking about putting more putting better tires on it and does that make it less fun? Ian, I just read another article about this this past week. Talking about and – it, and it said it like it was law, like, well, I mean, you know, it has slippery tires on it because, you know, that's what makes the car fun. You take those off, the car wouldn't even – that was – it was just stated as if it was a known fact.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Ian, wrong. Categorically wrong. <laughs> I am shocked every time I read that sentence. Now, I, I will I will back up one step and say this. What's your definition of fun? If the only thing that is fun to you in driving is, hey, I can get the car sideways, then yes, you're thrilled to have those tires. But the interesting thing about the stock tires on the car that nobody really talks about is before they drift, they just have bad grip, which means you can get understeer pretty easily out of the stock tires on that car, too. It's not like you turn and the front <laughs> right, tires just right. stick and the back just comes around in this magical little ice skating dance. You can get understeer, kind of nasty in that car because the tires don't have good grip. Watch our piece where we took and I actually didn't even jump from the stock tires. I jumped from a an all season the Michelin AS3s. Jumped from an all season to the Pilot Supersports. And one of the things that we discovered in that that was fascinating is, look, it Took more speed and more effort to get the back out. But when the back came out with stickier tires, it was even more controllable. Mm, yeah. But yeah. yet, I find maintaining speed to be incredibly fun, be it on a track, be it on a back road. I like to go quickly and maintain speed and have confidence in the car. I find that unbelievably fun. You can't do that on the stock tires. You put Michelin Pilot Supersports on it. I didn't go super wide, I just went slightly wider that car's i mean you'll you'll even back my play here paul that car is much more fun with better tires the concept that it is only fun if you can slide it is just wrong it's a good mm-hmm. chassis
1: absolutely i agree <laughs> you're right that the better tires that are now more controllable in a controlled skid that that was just astounding that was mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. great to discover i mean it seems like an obvious thing but it was just great to discover it that yeah. you know yeah. when we were when we are doing it, so. Yeah. And
0: nobody talks about the fact that those tires will understeer on that chassis if you don't do it right. right. You can turn. You have, to, you have to motivate the chassis to get the back out. It will. Don't get me wrong. It will. But it's not like every time you turn the wheels, the front
1: just sticks. No, the front has terrible tires, too, which means <laughs> they could scrub. Yeah. Is that a square setup that you're running on your car now? With yes. Those yes. Tires? It, it,
0: it, it always was. But, yes. I right. went uh I went only uh only ten bigger. I went from two fifteens to two twenty fives so they're not okay. they're not it's not a massive shift uh, but a little bit
1: yeah all right, well, cool. well, uh we've got one question here on Facebook that I just want to call out. Dani Shujat from Lahore, Pakistan or Lahore okay. Pakistan is okay. writing to us, and we've had a few listeners from Pakistan. just want to say thank you guys for listening. really, really happy to have you with us. And shout out to you guys there because there is definitely. a car culture there, definitely. And uh, he's asking us, what would you like to see next from BMW? I I'm thinking about the electric range. We've got this hmm. i okay. range that okay. they've yeah, yeah, yeah. launched with the i3 on the commute end and the i8 on the. Huh. I'm tired of all the Porsches and all the stuff out there. What do I get? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. Kind of affordable. But what's in between that appeals to us enthusiasts that's affordable, and by affordable I mean thirty grand, forty grand, mm. somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the I technology or whatever is coming. Maybe it is all electric. BMW hasn't done the Tesla Roadster thing yet, or some enthusiast car. They're known for their enthusiast mm. cars first. Mm. Okay. Even though they sell more SUVs and crossovers and X twos and X threes and fours and fives and anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking because they're the kings of the niche vehicle too, what's in there that could appeal to, I want to get technology in my life, I mm-hmm. can't afford a Tesla Model S, the Roadster is mm-hmm. no longer made, you know, really leaning on the BMW goodness, the stuff that we love from them, that is the handling, the all that kind of stuff, but it's combined with technology somewhere in there. Maybe it's a small Roadster, maybe it's… You know, somewhere in the one or two sized. The electric fun car, sure. Yeah, somewhere in there that really, because I feel like they've covered every aspect of the SUV, CUV market. They have got that nailed and locked down. Mm -hmm. If you want one of those cars, they have got a choice for you. But what's for our enthusiast crowd that wants the tech and the affordability? And I feel like they're more well positioned. You and I were talking about Porsche, I think. the brand doesn't now really allow for you know somewhere like a $30, forty forty thousand dollar vehicle, but yeah, BMW unfortunately. Yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. certainly,
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, and I think the problem with the i three, especially as technology has moved on, the problem with the i three has always been it was a little too economy car with double the price. You know, cool, but it yeah. was a forty to forty five thousand dollar car competing with cars that were you know two thirds or half that price, and now with the 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 Bolt and all that, you've got a, a little bit of a conundrum for that car. It would be interesting to see the BMW, almost like the Z4, but electric. I, I see where you went. I see that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something like that. I'm, I'm kind of, it's not fully thought through at this point, but I was just, you know, thinking about the enthusiast thing, affordability, tech, all those kinds of things. Let's give that as a design brief to the studio and see what they come up with. So, mm-hmm. That's that's my thought. Great question, though. Excellent. It's just I love your questions, all of you. You just you're really thinking about stuff. You're really thinking about kind of the things you want. I would imagine yeah. you already have answers to some of these questions when you write to us. I'm sure. And yeah. you're probably thinking, well, I know what I'd say. I wonder what the guys mm-hmm. think, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I'd love to hear that just as a comparison. But anyway, great questions.
0: We've got a few TV-related questions. I want to get to some of them, but there was a really difficult question, difficult but fun, that came through on Instagram. I don't know if you saw this. What is Chris doing is the avatar, and uh, he wrote in and said, if, it, if we were just to get into cars, like ground zero of cars, we had to go five cars to purchase to go from, I don't know anything about driving, to a 300000 or so dollar supercar, Sure. what would our progression be? Really interesting question. I'm still I'm still processing this because I really like this question, but I'm still processing it through. And I'm gonna almost I'm almost gonna answer this in real time, I think, because you you kinda wanna in that progression, you kinda wanna touch on a little bit of everything. You wanna cover various personalities, you wanna cover various drivetrains to wind up at something really cool. Have you thought this through at all?
1: I'm just starting to work on it. I'm just, yeah, I'm reading and rereading this right now.
0: Yeah, Five yeah. Cars it's a purchase to evolve.
1: Golly,
0: it's hard, isn't it? It's a really interesting. It's a really interesting question. As if I
1: commit to something now, I think, oh, you know what? I want to replace that, and I want to change that, and
0: oh, I think this is a discussion that is almost ongoing. I think it's that's one of the things that's interesting about it is it does have a lot of layers to it. Wow. Um, yeah, but McLaren has I, I, to
1: be on the list at the top end.
0: I see the McLaren at the top end. I think I think there's options at the top end. I think McLaren is a great mm-hmm. one. You wind up mid-engine and awesomeness. I mean, it's a McLaren. It's the 488. It's something in that world that is kind of light, delicate, mid-engine. But you've got to get yourself there though. You can't just you can't just jump to that. Right. You've got to have right. some options in the middle that really get you um, that really get you kind of different experiences. I think. I, I'm going to go there. Here's, here's my five. OK. And it's subject okay. to change, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> very different personalities in all these cars, very different drive trains and ideas, starting with the Mazda MX-5. That's ground zero, Mazda MX-5. Okay. You've covered convertible. You've covered standard, I mean, classic dynamics, not too powerful, a car that, that rewards good driving and rewards hanging on to speed. So Mazda MX-5. Then I'm jumping to Evo X, All-wheel drive, turbo, frantic, madness, okay? Mm. but And very different dynamically than the MX-5, the other end of the world, okay? Then I went GT350 Mustang. Muscle car, big engine, rear-wheel drive, attitude. Then I went there. Then 911 GTS.
1: Okay. You've
0: got the classic 911 shape, the 911 experience. Now you've moved the engine again to the only people that do it, quasi-rear engine. It's moving forward. Eventually, that'll be a mid-engine car. But right now, it's still rear engine. So 911 GTS, and then I'm stopping at the 488. That's my five.
1: Oh, good. Ooh, okay. I want to do this. I really want to do this. Uh, it's fun, but it's hard. <laughs> I, I, I,
0: I may change this answer tomorrow, but, but I, I like that right now.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna start with the Honda S2000. Okay. Yeah. Working my way to a BMW 1M. Hmm. Excellent
0: one. Yep. I see
1: that. Okay. I'm also at the GT350, right smack dab in the middle. I'm also okay. right there. Okay. That's interesting. And then I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 911 GT3 RS or maybe no maybe that's too expensive maybe that's okay. too expensive maybe it's just uh maybe it's just a 911 straight up 911 okay and then the Mclaren 720 intrigues the daylights out of me Ooh, yeah I, yeah, am I see that just uh, have you noticed there's no side scoop on this car everyone there's mm-hmm. no side scoop just like the original f1 I interesting point interesting oh my gosh point, yeah. I'm so intrigued with this car and that would be the top end and uh engine is did i do and one m and and uh, mustang they're same front engine but they're mostly yeah. different
0: Oh, yeah. Those are very different animals, personality-wise. I, I, I think that's a really good list That's as well. fun. Like that. That's
1: hard. That was a
0: really <laughs> cool question, cr- question, Chris. I really, really like that. That's a very fun one. And, and I do feel like every day you have this conversation, and it would change just a little bit. But th- that's, a, that's a fun progression question. It's a different what would you buy question than usual, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I
1: very love cool. this question from Bruce here. He's asking, what car emblem is ready for a 2017 makeover to better suit the direction of the company? Mm. Hello, Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Yep, Need I fair. say more? I mean, they're a, I mean they're wholly yep. owned by the Italians. The Italians know design. I'm really tired of this winged weirdness on the Chrysler badge. And okay. ready for something cool and different. I really am. All right. They make right. great That's cars. Good. I'm just I'm ready for something different. It's okay. It's smoothed out from the mid 2000s, and it's just. Uh, okay <laughs> Well okay. you know I actually
0: like What Cadillac did Taking off the Yeah The wreath, the wreath. And It's just it's Interesting Look it's a It's a very different look It walks away from the history A little bit But it's just Big badge stamp Cadillac Yeah And you see that okay. I saw it on, on, a, on a Brand new You know Because of course Everything else in their design It goes with the rest of their design That's the thing Is that The rest of their design Is so blocky and boxy I saw it on a brand new Escalade tonight And just thought That logo looks right On that car now
1: Yeah You
0: yeah, know It's it pretty interesting we're done well. Uh, Jorge wrote in. I loved this. I, as a dad, I had to, I had to respond to this. Uh, when, I noticed he said when, not if. When Everyday Driver expands into cartoons, uh, what cartoon <laughs> would we model our show after? And then you answered it perfectly. You said your vote is Wild Kratz. I agree with you. My son loves, loves. I, I can't express to you the depth of love my son has for Wild <laughs> Last week... I don't know if you've ever seen Wild Kratts before, Paul. A few it's, times, for the, yeah. For yeah, those yeah. of you that aren't aware, what it is, is it's two brothers. And they've been doing this for 20-something years. And, and look, along the lines of what Paul and I do, one brother wears blue. The other brother wears green. They always wear blue and green. That's so And funny. they go all over the world, and they find creatures, and then they turn into their animated version of themselves. And they go and they get that creature's power, okay? This is the whole live action becomes animation thing. And my son loves it. And to the point that I have to tell this story, last week I was driving my son home from one of his many after-school activities and he says to me, hey, dad, can I tell you something? Sure, of course, absolutely. Did you know that there's a bug whose life cycle is only 24 hours? And I turned to him and I said, son, <laughs> that is the third time in two days you have told me about the bug, Odd Wild Kratz, that has a 24-hour life cycle. And he went, oh, I did? It's like, Yes, that is the third time. So, can we stop with the twenty-four hour bug, please? But yes, wild. What is it, by is, the
1: way? What is it? I'm dying to know.
0: I, I have no. I have no idea. I have no idea. He was just. He didn't say what the bug's name was. He just oh. kept telling. That was the piece of information that kept coming up. There gotcha. is a bug with a 24-hour... I was like, oh, yes, yes, we had this conversation. Let's <laughs> please move on. Can we find any other episode of Wild Kratts? But I think that's a great one. That is probably very much what we'd do. We'd suddenly turn into um, animated versions of ourselves and go drive some car you know, that hasn't been invented yet. That's a really cool one. I love it. And he, So he's, he's encouraging us on our ongoing uh, march to total media do- domination. I don't know <laughs> about that, but uh, thanks for being with us.
1: Absolutely. Well, I've just got one question left here from Soup 87 on Instagram. Thanks for writing in. He's telling us he's got an E92 BMW 335 mm-hmm. with the run flats. And I agree, I'm not a fan of the run flats, but there's no room in the trunk for a spare, so that when the tires are ready or when he's changing them out or, you know, goes on to what's next, does he get real summer performance tires and prays he never gets a flat well, the Cayman GTS does not come with a spare tire. Mm, mm. Need I say more? That didn't prevent me from buying the car. Sure. And, and it doesn't it, have run flats. It yeah. does not have run flats, and it comes with goo, goo, and an it air does. pump. Yes. So yes. here is your yeah. bottle of goo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a little concerning, but you know what? Um, even the 911s have the space saver spare, which is a yeah, really lame limp home mode. Porsche yeah. doesn't do yeah. spares and horns very well. <laughs> it don't. But that's okay. We won't hold it against but, them.
0: But I think you have to you have to weigh what's more important because yeah. you yeah, you may you may end up with a flat. You may end up with a flat. But you will be driving your car every day and feeling what the tires feel like. Mm-hmm. So I think it's worth the gamble in that regard. Get yourself a set of tires that you enjoy your car more. And yes, it may happen that there's a bummer that now you're on the side of the road calling AAA. That's a bummer whether you've are whether you got run flats or <laughs> taking the tire off. Or, exactly. That's just a bummer. Exactly. That's just a, a bad day. You're obviously going to be – it's going to take longer for the AAA scenario. But I think – I submit to you that because you will be driving the car on the tires every single day and feeling that – Get good tires that aren 't run flats that you prefer
1: the feel of and roll the dice that 's my my opinion agreed agreed i 'm with you just yeah, get the tires you love, and then you 'll love driving the car that much more so any questions left for you, or should we wrap this puppy up uh, i mean
0: there's there 's tons of them uh, i 'll talk to two incredibly quickly. Scott wrote in and asked about am I having trouble with the twenty two minute time frame of the TV show actually. I've cut TV commercials for so long. I've learned how much you can cut out of something and maintain the heart of it. I'm finding the challenge interesting. Mm-hmm. Now we may still have versions that are longer than 22 minutes, but there is there's a refining step of just going, what do I really need here? What what can go because time is is immovable. So there is an interesting challenge there, Scott. We may still have versions that are longer, that are, that exist elsewhere, but by and large, we'll be cutting our big stuff for 22 minutes, which is a lot harder for more than two cars. Two, three cars actually works 22 minutes pretty easily. Something like our big four-car comparisons, I will admit, Scott, those struggle in 22 minutes because you just kind of need more time to cover all the cars well sure, enough. Sure, sure. But we're doing it anyway. Our first episode was four cars. Our third episode, well, for one, two, and three are all four cars each, and hmm, they work, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they need they need five or ten minutes more. But they don't know that they need the twice the length that they originally had. They really can survive with less. So that's a challenge. And then Jason asked if uh, we're going to have to move out of Utah to do TV. Nope, no, we're not. We're not planning on moving out of Utah. We love being in Utah for the shoots we can do here. We do still have to go back to L.A. for press fleet stuff. We were doing that before TV.
1: Exactly. So exactly.
0: We don't anticipate it making it requiring a geographical change. But hey, you know we're early on in this journey, so we'll see.
1: Thank you for following along. If you've got your own questions for the car debate, write to us on the website or Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. And if you haven't seen the BMW Icon film, it's on Amazon and Vimeo, so check that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can either download it, rent it, or order the Blu-ray. So go find that if you're a BMW fan. And thanks to the both of you for writing in here. Until next time, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>